Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. As always, I'm your host, EJ Holland, along with my co-host, Zach Libby. Do want to let you guys know that I am under the radar, under the weather, not under the radar. I'm not a recruit, but I am under the weather. I'm used to saying that so much. <laughs> I'm under the weather, so if I sound weird or I just uh, mute myself to sneeze, please ignore that. Um, Zach, how are you today? I'm fully healthy. I'm good to go. Okay, that's that's good <laughs> news. Um, we are going to talk about a couple different things, but we'll go ahead and start off with Jim Harbaugh, uh, obviously hitting the road. He's in Chicagoland tonight, seeing Trey Pierce was actually at his high school brother Rice. Let's go blue. Uh, Bruce Bedrock, I got my Donovan Edwards jersey on tonight and everything. I'm fully go blue. Um, <clears throat> but we'll talk about Jim Harbaugh before we do. Want to remind you guys to subscribe to the Wolverine. $10 until next football season gets you insider recruiting information, team information, uh, basketball, basketball recruiting, transfer portal, NIL, our favorite topics over at the fort right now for just $10 until next football season. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube page. That's completely free. We're almost at 20,000 followers, so get us there. Uh, and leave a like on this video. It helps with the algorithm. And just a reminder, this is our new recruiting podcast. I still have my own Wednesday shows. So for this uh, structured podcast, 30 minutes long, we are only answering super chats. But feel free to show some love and uh, click that donate button if you want a question answered. Uh, and leave a super chat. If not... We'll dive right into it. So like I said, Jim Harbaugh in home this week with Trey Pierce, Jair Hill, Jair Hill last night, Trey Pierce tonight. Uh, let's talk about Jair Hill first. He's arguably the most important recruit left on the board, not named Nicholas Harbour. Uh, so the most important recruit expected to sign during the early period. As you guys should know, Nicholas is waiting until February. So I've known Jair for a long time, but uh, I still think that it's a, a really close battle here between Michigan and Illinois. And there are some moving parts in this recruitment, but I want to let Zach 
start off because we did our new recruiting roundtable at the Wolverine, which is a great new feature where Zach and I answer some really key questions and give some in-depth thoughts. But uh, the question that Zach posed was, is landing Jair Hill enough to save face for this class, which is currently ranked 22nd? And you said yes. And as much as I like Jair, I said no. But Jair's enough to move the needle for you, Zach. Why is he so important in your opinion? And where do you think things stand right now? It's from a storyline perspective. That's sort of why I think that's why I answered yes. I mean, let's look at the facts of how Michigan has stood in Jair's recruitment since June. I mean, at one point it was Michigan. At another point it was Illinois. At another point it was 50-50. And then, you know, this week it's still 50-50. I think it's been a long and tedious process in terms of covering Hill covering, you know, why Michigan is still um, at the top for him, and then also explaining why Illinois is also. Um, I think fans have understand everything that has to be known about Jair Hill and everything that Michigan has done. And I think to cap this off with a win and landing him, which, you know, would be the second highest on on three consensus commit of this class. Um, And then, you know, with him being in nearby uh, Kankakee, which is like an hour south of Chicago, you know, that that bubble um, is one of the strongholds that Michigan has had these last few years. So it's just it's just a way to breathe, you know, a sigh of relief that, you know, NIL isn't the end all be all. You know, Michigan can't sell its education. It can't sell its NFL development. It can't sell relationships. Um, we've talked about, you know, on the Wolverine, we've talked about how his mom is noticing everything that Michigan has done on the field and off the field. Um, Jair is definitely showing more, a lot of excitement, especially when he goes down to visit. Um, I think it's just, it's one of those things where you just, you just, you're, you're, you get a sense of accomplishment, I guess, if you're Michigan, knowing that, you know, you, your, your track record or your work ethic that you did with this recruitment since the begin the late spring, um, ultimately ended up with a with a win. And I think that's what Michigan fans should um, be happy about. And obviously, you know, we could talk about criticisms all this entire night, but um, the one blimp of uh, positivity should come with Jair coming into Michigan. And that's why I said yes. Um, and I think that will hold true if he does come. Yeah, I, I did answer no, but I do love what Jair brings to the table. I do think he would be a massive land and he would actually be the highest ranked land for Michigan this cycle overtaking Enoetta. And you watch these highlight clips and you can see me there on the sideline for that punt return. But um, he does so much, man, like on the offensive side of the ball, he was arguably the most explosive weapon in the state of Illinois. Uh, defensively, he moves around in the secondary, he plays corner, he plays safety, he plays nickel, he returns punt, he returns kicks, he even plays quarterback. So, I mean, he's such a dynamic athlete. And I think Hill is a guy that can come in and pair so well with Will Johnson. Here you see him playing quarterback. This is the game I saw him in uh, last year as a junior where he took the uh, Wildcat snap and just dashed 50 yards in a blink of an eye. And that's that's it with him. He's He has that game-changing speed. I mean, he runs a 10-8, 100-meter. 
He is a super athlete at six foot two and a half, 175 pounds, still has the frame to add some good weight and muscle mass as well. And you pair him with a guy like Will Johnson, who's a thicker built corner, who's extremely physical, terrific technique and patience. And you kind of have contrasting styles that would complement each other really, really well. Um, I think Hill is one of the remaining must lands in this class, because if you don't land Hill, if you miss on Hill, who do you have behind him? DJ Waller. And that's it. Like there's no other real uh, targets on the board unless you can make a late run with a Jeremiah love or somebody that you're working behind the scenes with. Uh, I think getting Hill on board is an absolute must. So like I mentioned earlier, Jim Harbaugh was in home with him on Monday Everything we've been able to gather, things went really well. I think it was important for ball to really have a sit-down, face-to-face, in-home meeting with Hill's mother, who has been favoring Illinois throughout the recruiting process. So I think things have been progressing well there. Um, and another thing that Hill said that uh, he wanted to learn more about is NIL, which, again, has been a hot topic of conversation. And while Michigan has been lagging in that aspect, I do think that uh, compared to Illinois, there's more to sell there. There's the uh, base salary uh, pitch that they, they're trying to put into place. There's obviously opportunities that they can point to on the current roster, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Will Johnson, et cetera, uh, that have found ways to make quite a bit of uh, cash during their time at Michigan early on. Um, and then I just... Uh, I feel like Michigan's been there for so long as well. Not that Illinois hasn't, but Michigan's a superior program. Um, despite all the kind of staff movement, Clink has been a constant in this recruitment. I think Jim Harbaugh has done enough as of late. Michigan got his final visit of the fall in November for the win over Illinois. So I uh, really like where Michigan stands coming out of this in-home. And then on top of that, Illinois lost its defensive coordinator today, which was huge news. Um, coach Walter's off to Purdue to be the head coach there. And he played a pivotal role in the recruitment of Jair Hill. In fact, when I went to go see Hill at Kankakee this fall, uh, Walters was the one there along with Brett Bielema. Um, losing Walters definitely hurts Illinois' chances. Uh, Bielema was in home last Wednesday, so Harbaugh got the last say on the in-home. So I think things are trending well. I, you know, I, I have a prediction in for Michigan with a little bit of a lower confidence, but I, I do like where the Wolverines stand right now. And, uh, you know, his decision's only, you know, about less than a week away. Uh, he doesn't have a firm date set, but he did tell me he wanted to do it before the early signing period in December, or we are in December. So the early signing period on December 21st. So today is December 13th. So he doesn't have that long to go before he makes a decision. So again, I think Harbaugh has done enough to close, but we'll see Illinois still fighting hard there. Now we transition from Hill over to Roderick Pierce goes by Trey. We'll just call him Trey. That's his uh, preferred name. Three-star defensive lineman out of Chicago, Brother Rice. You saw the uh, picture on social media. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people did that are watching of Harbaugh uh, down at Brother Rice and enjoying himself in Chicago. So 
looking at Pierce, you see his ranking, and he's a three-star across the board with the exception of rivals. I think that Pierce is one of the more underrated recruits nationally. He's a guy that is a late riser, had a really strong senior year, was originally committed to Wisconsin, backed off of that pledge. Now looks like it's down to Illinois and Michigan. A decision could come soon. Originally, he told me he wanted to make a decision during the early signing period, but that could come beforehand. Um, let's throw it over to you, Zach. Uh, what do you think about Pierce as a player? What do you what can you tell us about his recruitment as well? I think Mike Elson really needs a win with this with this with Pierce. I mean, we're weeks, maybe a couple of weeks off of Collins and Chiapon flipping, and there's really only one true three tech on the board right I'm in the class right now with uh, Brooks Barr, who's also from the area of Chicago. So Elson is from Notre Dame. He coached at Notre Dame. He absolutely knows these kids in that area. Um, he's just coming off his official visit for the Illinois game um, and was looking to have a great time. He got front row seats with his best friend, Jameel Howard. Um, no, this is, uh, like you said, Illinois is really trending upward for the, for this kid. Um, they just had the official visit last weekend. Um, you know, it's good to see Harbaugh going into the school, um, you know, like you, like you mentioned verbatim on the Wolverine, just to negate the momentum that Illinois has gotten um, these last few days. Um, in reality, I think it'd be a tougher battle um, for Pierce rather than Hill. Um, the the more I, the more days that go by, the more I'm more confident in placing a pick for Jair. But with Pierce, I really don't know, considering that Bielma and everybody has stayed so um, consistent with Rod or with Trey <laughs> uh, since you know he decommitted. Um, but going back to like the defensive coordinator situation, I know that it doesn't start and end with the defensive coordinator, but Ryan Walters was, was, you know, up there with like Jesse Minter as one of the best coordinators, not only in the big 10, but in the entire country. I mean, Henri gave him the coordinator award for a reason. Um, I think, uh, you know, Bielema is historically a very good recruiter, especially in this area. Um, so I'm not imagining it's not going to be too much of a loss um, to convince him. But again, I think it's going to be tough considering, you know, Bielema, like it or not, has been negatively recruiting Michigan this week, um, as you saw on Twitter, if you go down that rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, no, I think Rod Pierce would be great as an addition to the three tech. Um you know, having depth in that position, as we, we see with Michigan, Michigan likes longer, um, longer guys in the trenches. Um, they sub out guys a lot. Um, Mike Elson really uh, prefers guys, you know, in and out. Um, one play off, one play on. Um, fresh guys on the field every time. So if you can get somebody like Brooks or Pierce, you know, to mimic what Mason Graham has been able to, for example, um, that's just more weapons that you can have um, when stuffing the run or rushing the passer. Um, so, no, this is – I think Harbaugh is doing – did a really good decision by coming down. Um, we know how, how his ability is to close in past years. So if there's anyone that needs to have that um, closing thought, it will be from Pierce. So um, we'll see what happens these next few days. Yeah, I, I really liked where Pierce, uh, where Michigan stood with Pierce coming out of his two visits. Uh, now he 
like Michigan could have sealed the deal coming out of his official visit for that win over Illinois. Remember, they also had him on campus for an unofficial visit for the game against Michigan State in October. They didn't close. That's allowed Illinois to make a pretty good run. I thought they made a really strong impression on him and his family over the weekend. Bielema has been personally the way in that recruitment, but I do think losing Walters hurts. Harbaugh um, and Jesse Minter are both going to be owned tonight, and I think Jesse Minter can really sell himself to Pierce as well. And even though Michigan came in later and Illinois has been in contact with him for a longer period of time, kind of the same thing. Michigan's a superior program. They've done a great job of recruiting Chicago and surrounding suburbs over the last few cycles. Uh, Trey has grown close with Michigan commit Brooks Barr. He knows players on the team from Chicago land. So I think all of that helps as well. And he is the priority. Like he's the guy as a three technique. You said, you know, they need to land this kid because there's no other real three techniques on the board. The only other commit is Brooks Barr. And it's helpful that Barr is um, recruiting him. And then I just really like his game too. You've seen his clips pulled up while we've been talking. He not only plays the three, he plays the nose. He even kicks out to a, to a five tech as well. So I really like what he brings to the table from a power standpoint. He's not super tall at six foot three, but he has pretty good length for his height. He has a, a greater win than, than you would think. And uh, I think he's one of the more undervalued recruits in this class nationally. So I think he would be a four-star level land, which would be, Huge for Michigan, considering some of the guys they've missed on the defensive line this cycle. So uh, Harbaugh should be concluding his in-home with him right now. So we'll see what other buzz we get out of the in-home. Uh, like I said earlier, if you missed it, you can subscribe to the Wolverine right now for just $10 until next football season. Um, let's go ahead and slide to our next topic. And uh, remember, guys, we are not doing questions uh, tonight, that is for tomorrow's Wednesday chat. But if you do want your question answered, we are taking super chat. So click that donate button and ask your super chat question. But let's go ahead and slide over to Malachi Coleman, top 100 athlete out of Lincoln, Nebraska, was slated to make an official visit to, to Michigan this weekend, has canceled that visit and is now visiting Colorado. Uh, Zach, you were on top of that. You posted that on the board right away. Uh, initial thoughts on Coleman canceling on Michigan and going to uh, primetime land instead. I mean, it's let's just start off with. I mean, it's glad it's it's good to see that Michigan is back in contact with Malachi. Um, probably one of the better athletes, or if not the best athlete, if we're going to sub out Nick Harbor for him. You know, he's one of the top athletes in the country. Um, he took only one OV to Nebraska earlier this month, and that was after Mickey Joseph um, was replaced for Matt Rule. And you know, he's been to Nebraska, let's say 12, 13 times. Um, so, you know, Matt Rule and his administration are really doing their best to keep him in Lincoln, obviously. Um, you know, now that he's opted out for Michigan for Colorado, I think it's just a clear indicator of the mediocrity that Michigan has struggled to survive in this, like, new world of NIL, to be honest. I mean, Mountain Views and, you know, a new head coach is always great, but, you know, we know what's happening in Colorado. I think everyone else knows what's happening, too, with pay-for-play and um, NIL deals. So, I, th I think, you know, good on Dion and the Buffaloes for, you know, 
uh, swooping in as as fast as they have. But I think knowing that we it's probably assumed that he's going to be signing Malachi Coleman's going to be signing in February. That means there's still time for Michigan to still take get an OB. Um, again, he's only taken two so far, so there's still availability. Um, if that happens, I think it's credit to Jay Harbaugh for staying in contact and keeping, you know, taking almost a lead role in this. Um, I think it also shows that Malachi knows the the pedigree of Michigan. I think he knows what kind of team that Michigan is in terms of a physica- physicality standpoint. He, You know, if you see on film, he's exactly that kind of player. Um, I think he also knows how well-respected the coaching staff is at Michigan. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I I'm not concerned if he does it. If he doesn't end up signing next week, um, then yeah, I have no concerns that Michigan will end up getting an OV unless this ends up being like a Arian Carter situation, you know, where scheduling a date becomes too much of an ordeal or he just ends up wrapping it up on December 21st. Um, but no, I think, I think it just on hindsight, it looks rough considering that what Michigan has undergone this whole class and, you know, Buffalo uh, now being a power five contender, you know, since after Thanksgiving, it's just, it looks back in hindsight, but in reality, you know, he, he still might come back. Um, so it's more of a wait and see to monitor before we start, you know, throwing out, uh, you know, criticism. Yeah. That's the thing with me is look, this kid is slated to wait to make a decision until February. You know, if he makes a decision before that, it's obviously not going to be Michigan, but if he does stick with the February period, that does allow Michigan to get him on campus for an OV closer to his decision date. So I don't think it's time to completely panic on uh, Malachi Coleman just yet, Um, especially with Jay Harbaugh just starting to build a relationship with him. Remember, Michigan has recruited Malachi Coleman for you know, several months now they offered in the spring, they went out to one of his track meets, etc., And that was all edge recruiting, right? That was Mike Elston leading the way in his recruitment. So now Michigan's looking at him as a bigger safety defensive athlete. So Jay Harbaugh is just establishing that relationship and kudos to, to Jay for just getting back in the mix with Malachi Coleman. But again, if he waits to till February, it might even work out in Michigan's favor that he visits later. So we'll see how it transpires. I think right now um, with Michigan struggling on the trail and you kind of alluded to it, it's just not a good look. It's kind of a bad look that he canceled his OV and is going to Colorado instead. But again, I think we just kind of wait and see. Um, let Jay Harbaugh continue to work on him and see if he does come in for a visit in February. Now, with all of this said, you know, flip side of the coin is I still think it's going to be tough to pull him out of Lincoln. I think that there's a good chance he, if he doesn't go with Coach Prime in Colorado, that he ends up back at Nebraska. Remember, he was committed there for a while. He was even committed when they parted ways with Scott Frost. Uh, new head coach Matt Rule has made an in-home with him. They had him on campus for an official visit last weekend. So I think he still wants to be at Nebraska. Like if I had to say, you know, what, where do I think Malachi Coleman signs in February? I would say Nebraska. So I still think Michigan has some work to do. Um, and then as far as just position-wise, I don't know what he is, man. He's six foot five, 100 and 
195 pounds. He's too skinny for an edge. I don't know if he can add the proper weight to be an edge at the next level. And Michigan thought the same. That's why they're recruiting him as a bigger safety now. Um, I don't really know if he can be a bigger safety either. Um, somebody on the fort asked me to make a comparison. And uh, I said Israel... <laughs> I'm going to butcher the last name, but Mukamamu uh, just had his first uh, interception with the Dallas Cowboys this week. They they had kind of similar uh, frames coming out of high school, so I could maybe see it. But I just think Malachi is an intriguing athlete without a position. So even though he's ranked really high, how big of a miss would he be if Michigan you know, doesn't get him? I mean, Zach, what are your thoughts on him just as a pure prospect? I mean... I, I think, I think honestly, I think he would be in the same position as like Jason Hewlett, where you just put him in an athlete and see where, how he develops under Ben Herbert in this first year. Um, I think these kids who are positionless, but just have this, this, well, first they have the mentality that they want to be the best. Um, if you know about Malachi Coleman's situation, you know how he is on the football field. So if you get a kid who actually wants to be the best and is striving to do better in his life, um, you know, you can put him really anywhere. Um, if you want to put him on offense, I would say wide receiver. If he gets bigger, you could say tight end, flexed out tight end. Um, box safety, really, honestly. I think it, it really depends. Let's say he does commit and Hewlett, let's say Jason Hewlett um, grows beyond 225 and you stick him at linebacker, then you got a box safety in Malachi Coleman. So I think it's just an intriguing piece that, you know, you just, you want, you want to get, and then you'll worry about position later. Like it's one of those things where you'll find it. You just have to work on it. So, um, you know, if they want him at a certain position and they want him to grow or to continue staying where he is, you know, they have Michigan is the best strength and conditioning staff in the country. So uh, I don't think that's a concern. I think the concern is, like you said, staying home and, you know, the growing push from Matt Rule, um, because I think, you know, even though he's been here, been in Lincoln for less than a month he understands the type of player that he is so i think the, i think worrying about fighting for nebraska should be number one before worrying about where he's going to play um i think that's 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 the steps needed you know this offseason yeah definitely and you you see some of the clips here he's playing offense wide receiver has been discussed as well but um you know if if I take him, I would take him just as a defensive athlete, like you said, just kind of seeing what he turns into. And Michigan's a good fit for that. I mean, if anybody can develop him and maximize his potential and figure out a position for him, I think he would benefit a lot more uh, from playing at Michigan than he would at uh, Nebraska. But we'll see. Um, let's go ahead and go on to our final topic. We're running out of time. As I mentioned, these are 30-minute live podcasts. No questions uh, in the regular chat. We are taking super chats. If you want to sneak one in, just click that donate button. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap up with some good news. I feel like, you know, that, that put a downer on the podcast for now. But let's go ahead and go with some good news. Michigan did land a commitment last week after we recorded our podcast. Hogan Hansen, four-star tight end out of the great state of Washington has jumped in the class of 2024. Uh, as you see here, he's a four-star on every site, including 
the on three consensus. Uh, he is a three star on on three. So on three has him a little undervalued, but a little bit of a surprise commitment here. Hanson did visit Michigan this fall for the game against Penn State. The Wolverines were leading on the on three recruiting prediction machine, but timing was definitely interesting. Now, Zach, you've been very busy <laughs> gathering a lot of information on Hanson. You uh, had an interview with Hanson. You had an interview with his trainer. You had an interview with his coach. Uh, what can you tell us about Ogan Hanson and everything you've gathered from your talks with various people about it? Yeah, so let's start off with what Hogan said. Um he the reason for his early commitment was just really that he was just it was just strenuous like this is a kid who's from the pacific northwest right so let's uh, a state that's not as heralded in terms of football recruiting still produces you know f uh, p5 guys but this isn't texas verbatim from what his coach said but so you get a kid who's a rising junior who has pretty much every power five offer available or has been in communication with every single power five school as a guy who just wants to be a teenager and just wants to really just simply hang out with his friends and enjoy life before things get serious. He knew where he wanted to go anyway. So why, why wait it longer than he had to? It's, it was hard for him to just provide, you know, 100% of his energy to schools that, he really didn't even have interest in begin with. It was more just a formality of being polite um, to answer these calls and answer questions. Um, you know, he waited. He, he probably could have committed in J July, to be honest, because that's when he had an idea that Michigan was going to be his home. And obviously, he went to the July barbecue at the big house, and then he went to the back for the Penn State game. So he had two opportunities in the last five months to really zero in on Michigan being his home. Um, his is one of his, his coach at Bellevue high, um, was when actually went on his trip with him and to the barbecue and they were both were in agreement that like, you know, Michigan is so to the T with everything, whether it's tours, whether it's, uh, PowerPoints, whether it's just to explain student life at Michigan. And I think the fact that no details were left off, no, um, cuts and corners, no corner cutting was used. It was just another example um, for Hogan and everyone in his family to understand that like, not only is he gonna be taken care of, but they're gonna know how to take care of him. Um, his coach also at Bellevue High, you know, it's not, um, you know, Coach Newsom, Grant Newsom, you know, who's been a primary recruiter for him. He was, you know, his younger state, he's only 25 years old, um, he's relatable. He's charismatic. He's honest. Um, he understands what it takes to be a Michigan man. And, you know, according to his coach, like the sky's the limit for his guy. Um, if he wants to stay in Michigan, good on him. But if he wants to be an offensive coordinator or even a head coach somewhere, he's going to have that opportunity. Um, you know, it's there's also the the Albert Karshnia, um connection. Um, if people don't know, he's a director of recruiting. Um, Albert Karshnia is really good friends with Hogan Hansen's seven on seven coach. Now this is a year round Academy. You know, if you're local, this is similar to like sound mind, sound body. Um, but this is based in Washington called Ford sports performance and the director of player development, Marcus Griffin is close friends with Albert Karchnia because Griffin, who was a former NCAA football player actually got recruited in central Michigan when Albert Karchnia was the director of recruiting there. So as you know, 
as Hogan was telling Marcus and the leaders at Ford Sports Performance, like, hey, I think Michigan's the right place for me. It really wasn't a question of like second thought because they knew Albert, knowing his personality, knowing him as a um, as a player first kind of guy, um, they're comfortable with sending Hogan, who's from Washington, the corner of the country to this other world. Um, FSP also took a trip to Ann Arbor actually last year for the Washington game. So they understand the environment too in Ann Arbor. Like they want to take these trips to Ann Arbor just to see like what football is like in the Midwest, how life is different compared to life in like Seattle or uh, Tacoma. Um, they just know like, you know, this is a football first kind of community. And for someone like Hogan who lives, breathes and, lives, breathes and eats football, like this is the right home for him. So again, July barbecue, the big house visit, then travel for the Penn State game. Um, you know, this is the first tight end of 2024, um, four commits overall. Um, this won't be the last tight end taken in this class either. Um, you know, the la Michigan has taken two tight ends these last few classes. Um, so it's probably going to be the regular norm as long as Grant Newsom is on staff or at least Jay Harbaugh is on staff. Um, you know, we, there's other guys that Hogan wants. Um to team up with him. Obviously there's a guy like Brady Priestcorn out of Rochester, Michigan Adams, who has visited, you know, at least four times um, this year. Um, there's other guys like Christian Benteker um, out of Chicago's in the top 100. And then you have like guys like Walter Matthews, who's, you know, lives in Georgia and is also visited this fall. So there are other options to where Michigan is able to get these top tight ends who like in Hogan's situation, you can flex them out. You can put them as a traditional Y. Um, you know, even though in film for a school, you may not have as much highlights, you know, these spectacular t highlights at tight end, but it's just a scheme thing. So you got to look at the seven on seven circuit. Um, but again, no, it's, uh, I think it's a really good find for Michigan to just to establish itself in the Pacific Northwest, especially for a kid like Hogan, who's ranked number four overall in the on three consensus. And, you know, if there's a position, that won't be affected by NIL, it's going to be tight ends because, you know, as long as, like we said, as long as Grand Newsom is on staff, recruiting will be just, will be just fine. Yeah. Just quickly to add uh, my thoughts on, on Hogan Hansen, uh, again, great pickup out of the Pacific Northwest. It's an area they've been trying to recruit hard. I think Hansen can help build that bridge, especially with uh, the connection that Albert Karsnia has out there that Zach mentioned, but you look at his film, um, that was just playing throughout that uh, duration of, of Zach's uh, breakdown. And you see a guy that's different from the commits they have in 2023. Uh, Zach Marshall, Deacon Tonielli, both more receiving tight ends that still need to develop technique and physicality as inline blockers. Hogan Hansen's the opposite. I mean, he can split out and, and play flex end. He is a really solid pass catcher, but a lot of his film is him pancaking dudes. He's really physical. He plays defensive end as well. Uh, he makes some pretty nice tackles. You can see that he could potentially be a DN prospect as well. I really like what he brings to the table. He, his film or his playing style at least, uh, and I don't, I like 
this prospect better coming out of high school, but I think his playing style reminds me of a fellow FSP guy, uh, Colston Loveland. And so Colston was part of the FSP program, despite being from Idaho, it uh, borders Washington, obviously. So uh, Colston was part of that program as well. And when you looked at Colston and you looked at his high school football film, and obviously I went out to Idaho to see him, he was a guy that did line up uh, as a flex end, but mostly spent his time in line. He was a really physical blocker. He also played defensive end and linebacker at the high school level. And you could just see the raw talent that Colston had. Now, I again, I did like Colston a little more as a prospect, but I think Hanson has similar tools, comes from a similar area of the country, similar, the exact same uh, training center as well. So yeah, I think Hanson is uh, undervalued by on three, which has him rated as a three star. But I think the other sides have it right. Having him as a four star, I think it's a great pickup. And now you go all in on Brady Prescorn, who's in state top 100 kid, and you have yourself another hell of a tight end duo. So great job for uh, Grant Newsom early on. I think he's doing fantastic for Michigan. And I think you'll see the the train continue to roll for 2024. Uh, Michigan's off to a great start. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's reason to be excited despite the, uh, disappointing 2023 class. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our show this week. As always, subscribe to the Wolverine right now, $10 until next football season. Uh, $10 gets you insider information on all things recruiting, football, NIL, portal, all that good stuff. $10 until next season. If you're already a subscriber, you can just sign up and gift that subscription for Christmas. Always makes a, a great holiday gift as well. Like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, spread the word. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.